Less than ten small gang podcast. Uh, today we have myself, Ten, Casper, Andy, astronaut, and our two guests from CCP, Aurora and Swift. Say hi, Andy and Casper and Aurora and Swift. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. All right. Um, what have you guys been up to? I mean, I know CCP friends, you've probably mostly been dealing with the AT stuff, but have you been doing anything particularly interesting involved with that? I have been desperately trying to get the code into a position that it will run on Tranquility and uh, kind of terrified because you don't really know until everything's in place. And it was only this morning that everything was finally on Tranquility and ready to go that I got to test it. And it's working. So we are super ready for this weekend. Awesome. awesome. AT is going to happen. You're going to let me know if there's any bugs or loopholes, right, that we can uh, use? Just I will let you know in you. terms of this is illegal and we now have logs. <laughs> You'll know yeah. you've done something illegal when your ship explodes. Yes. Yeah. Or you just get ejected from the uh, tournament. <laughs> which Just okay, like okay. the team who told me about their intention to immediately scan probe down the other team at the start, like once they got teleported into the arena. That was that was that little rule change that you might have seen in the mm-hmm. AT Discord. Like, yeah, no combat probes. Uh, I was I was wondering about that. I did actually go back and look at the code, however, and it looks like probe launchers were illegal anyway. So I don't think their plan would have worked. I think probably someone has had that idea before. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I'm like, has this come up before? And I think it's just so old at this point that we had forgotten that it was yeah. previously taken care of. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad everything is working. Swift, what have you been up to? I've been helping out wherever I could. Like uh, Aurora is basically, I don't want to say single-handedly doing it, but for like coding stuff. Definitely not single-handed. But for like the the technical stuff, uh, it's actually pretty cool. I think this is the first time the community team has gotten to put out patch notes. Uh, so that was a thing that actually happened. So milestone achieved. Um, nice. I, I been, think uh, those patch notes got moved to internal, so unfortunately the players did not. Oh, man. Oh, whatever. Uh, you can blame dopamine for that one. We'll still know. Uh, I did write I, patch notes, however. They just didn't excellent. Uh, other than that, just doing like production-oriented stuff and uh, just other uh, like chatting to people, uh, you know, trying to make sure that the people on Reddit feel like they're heard because I love my <laughs> Reddit people. I do see your uh, Reddit posts a lot. Yeah, I love to post. I live to post. Uh, and I don't have any like uh, sock puppets or anything, so I just always post on uh, my main as well, even if uh, I want to just shit talk someone. So it's good times. I'm <laughs> sure that's appreciated, putting like, but I'm a real a, human face. I'm a mannered poster, though. I am, I am not like a, a bad poster. You're a morale poster. Yeah, that <laughs> too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, otherwise just doing a lot of uh, like production and prep stuff for the people coming in, uh, making sure like channels are set up right, making sure everything goes off without a hitch. Uh, really, really excited. Like the, the Alliance Tournament is obviously one of my favorite things, and I'm sure it's 
for the same for you guys as well. But uh, I'm just, I'm just so amped, and I honestly can't believe that it's happening this weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't feel ready. I don't know about the rest of you. Nope, not even close. Yeah. I think I'm just stuck in this kind of state of cold focus, where it's like, I feel no emotion. I'm just going to make this happen. <laughs> Sometimes Sunday night, it's all just going to show up all of at once. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sunday night, uh, the I don't know if you've noticed, but daylight savings time is this Sunday. So do note your match yes. time will be shifted. Yes, for Americans specifically. Yeah. Our, we're, our time's moving back an hour, so you shouldn't be late, but still. Might be early. Yeah. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. Casper, um, I know you were like just at AT practice. I assume that's all you've been doing. Uh, literally, yes. Um, I somehow volunteered myself to do a lot of the behind-the-scenes logistics this year, which, you know, it's very, very, very time-consuming. You spent like two hours before and two hours after every practice. But it could have been worse. Honestly, um, Swift, Elise knows you know, back in the day when you had to go find a wormhole and keep chains open or closed or always scout and the spy thing was a big issue. It was a lot harder to do. So, you know, I'll, I'll count my blessings to, to have that we have TD now. Thank you, Aurora and Elise. Yes. TD makes the practice logistics, you know, not, not time consuming, but definitely much more straightforward because you can just, you know, make sure you've got the right fits and everything. We just create them and you're good to go. Andy, what have you been up to? Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly in the same boat. I've just been doing a lot of AT practice, but I'm lucky in that uh, Ten's been taking care of most of our logistics, and uh, Ovix, our team captain, has done a lot of the other work. So I've helped out with a few things, but I've actually had time to like play a little bit on TQ. So I went like blopsing uh, last weekend, which was kind of fun, and like a very casual, nice break from in super intense AT practice. Cool. Well, before we come back around to the AT, I wanted to talk through some of the updates that have gone live on TQ lately, because there's been a bunch. Um, and I know Swift was interested in talking about these crab beacons, which are an interesting idea. It's a capital ratting site where you essentially, you know, it's like a horde mode where you drop this thing and swarms of enemies show up and you've just got to kill them in successive waves, as I understand it. I haven't done any of them. Yeah, it's actually, um, so it's not quite like Horde mode, but uh, it does bring in pretty beefy NPCs. Uh, so if mechanically, if, if people aren't familiar with it, right, you get this thing called a Concord Rogue Act, or Research, who cares what the... <laughs> rogue <actual> Analysis <laughs> Beacon? Yeah, yeah, Concord Rogue Analysis Beacon. Uh, I wasn't sure what the, the R was, but yeah, Rogue makes sense because it's for Rogue Jones. We, we literally only call it a crab internally. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly it, and uh, and and I'm just so glad that the acronym is stuck. Uh, like I know the team passed it off to narrative, like oh they're gonna change it to something, and they got it back. Like oh it's still crab, sweet. Uh, anyways, nice. so you uh, you drop this thing, uh, and then to power it up, it needs tremendous power, uh, which only capital ships have that aren't faxes. Uh, so you can you tether to it for about uh, five minutes. And then you have, after that time, uh, you've got a, like, a little hangover minute, uh, at which point you can move the, the capital ship off. Uh, and that's when there's a, a NPCs start coming at you. And they're, they're pretty beefy NPCs. Uh, I've, when I've been running them, I've been using a uh, Hodred to clear them. Uh, but you definitely don't need a cap. I know a lot of people uh, 
get pretty creative with it. They throw it in a belt and uh, use a Rorqual to start it up so they could panic if they have to, and then just clear the rats with uh, Marauders, which well, an inventive way to do it, definitely an option. Um, but capitals aren't required for it, but they do go pretty quick. Uh, the whole concept of it is this little beacon uh, it's it's going to scan for 30 minutes. And if at the end of the 30 minutes, uh, you've, uh, like if you've killed all the NPCs and stuff and it gets to count down, then you get loot. And if not, then you get screwed. And uh, it's it's just a, a good, um, good, clean fun. So yeah. Question really quick. Uh, you said it recreates, uh, requires a lot of power to anchor. Is that like just coded towards the ship or the class? Or is it actually... Like it takes capacitor from the capital ship. Uh, it takes no cap, uh, okay. no capacitor. So like, uh, just the lower thing is you need to have a a big ship to link okay. to, right? Okay. So the okay. idea is a capital ship has to be able to turn this thing on. Uh, and when the capital ship is like connected to this thing during the spool up, uh, the cap actually gets a, a resistance bonus as well. So you get like a I think it's ten percent resist bonus added on. So okay. yeah, and the just while it's cycling up but not exactly. for the duration of the site exactly yeah not for the is, duration of the site is there any limitation on where this can be beaconized or placed there's uh, quite a few limitations for it there's okay. actually uh, an exploit notification that we put out where if you could there's there is a way that people were like uh, inventively getting to a place where it shouldn't have been okay uh, but really you can't put them on grid with um, a citadel or a pass or a gate uh, pretty much anything else is fair game. And then when you launch this thing, uh, it creates what's called interference in the system. Uh, and a uh, system can only take so much interference. So you can't just sit in, say, uh, R10 or 1DQ and just pump out uh, 500 chain a run day. Them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not to the point where you have to move around all the time. But you can only have one active at a time per system. Uh, I believe it's one. And there's a few other like uh, nuanced uh, restrictions for it, just so you can't constantly pump these out and churn them all in one very specific system. Uh, it is meant to get capped out in space, spread them out a little bit, but not like crazy spread out. You're still going to be under your super capital umbre umbrella if you're running these, most likely. Mm. Uh, there's a few like little uh, nuances with this. It has changed a ton since the first time it was on the test server. Uh, the rewards now are almost double what it was when it was initially on the test server. So uh, it creates a bunch of uh, ISK, not only in bounties, which recently got increased by 20%, but also in the drone mutoplasmids. Now there's like a really good chance that it drops two instead of one. Uh, and also there's like essentially red loot at the end of the, or essentially blue loot. It's now red loot uh, at the end of the site that you get out. That's usually around 150 mil. Okay, cool. So it sounds like it's a pretty big reward for putting your capital in space. I was getting uh, 135 mil ticks running it. And that wasn't including the, okay. the drone mutoplasmids or that's anything. not bad like at all. That. Yeah, plus yeah. the end loot. Yeah, that's pretty good. And did the bounties go into the ESS like other bounties or are they? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, so can, question. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so say there's like a solar oracle out doing its thing, and me and a buddy are rolling around in some phantasms, and this guy's not going to get saved. Can this guy just drop one of these and force us off doing that? Because there's no way we can tank it, but he can. Uh, you can kill the thing while it's like spooling up, and it's pretty... Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kill the actual object. The, the that little they drop. beacon. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's good to know. If you kill someone's beacon while they're running it, does it just stop them? Like, if you can't kill their capital ship that's running the site, but you can kill the beacon, could you just like yeah? Meme if on you them? if you kill the beacon, like their their site's over, right? And they lost the the thirty mil beacon or whatever, and they absorbed like the this EQ hit. So okay. yeah, you can definitely just roll. You can definitely roll by and like cause some trouble and just blap the the thing. All right, Very that's cool. interesting. That's cool. In fact, if uh, if you were to like leave the beacon unattended, the rats would kill the the beacon. Like that's what their whole goal. Uh, while you're there, the rats want to kill you. But if you leave and just ditch, the rats will just kill your little beacon. Got it. I saw. Um, I think in the last round of well, not the patch notes from this morning, but the maybe the ones from the last last week or recently that the AI had been changed to prioritize the people who were running the site rather than anyone who warps in on them, which I thought yeah, was exactly. an interesting change. Something that we've, you know, we who go around trying to start fights with ratters have been wishing rats would do for years. Because <laughs> it's, it's always like, you know, you, you warp in and this guy who's been just obliterating hundreds of thousands of pirates, you know, lore-wise, and then all the rats just immediately shoot you as soon as you start shooting him. Yeah, because you have like an E War mod faded or something, they're like threat yeah. level dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Originally, originally, my understanding for why rats and sites will immediately turn and shoot you was because a while back, people were effectively bringing in just like a brick tank up front, and then they'd bring in glass cannons that would otherwise have no chance in the sites. Gotcha. And so it and was, just it was drawing kind of to that break aggro. Up, yeah, it was to break up the like really strong aggro control over the AI. And so that was that's kind of the the core reason. It's not necessarily to punish roamers, but that does kind of help. No, no, I I didn't think it was to punish roamers. It's just a it's how it plays a out. thing that doesn't um doesn't make sense necessarily, you know, in lore terms. Yep. Yeah, it's not too bad until you're in like Garisa space and you get jammed off when with your interceptor. That's the most frustrating. <laughs> by the so way, bad. yeah, it's not. Not my favorite thing. It's really interesting hearing their side of this. You know, us as EVE players, we're always looking for these little bugs, maybe kind of gray lines of how to how to break things to our benefit. But here, they're trying to do the same thing just to, you know, see what they need to patch or fix now. And it's just, it's really interesting for me to, for here, to hear that side of it. Yeah. Um, speaking of roaming, I've been hearing a lot of noise from from various roamers and various venues about this this timer that's been added to the ESS, which effectively it appears is uh, when you tether to the ESS, when you link to the ESS, you get a 15 minute combat timer, which I assume was designed to stop this thing that people were doing where people were trying to just steal from the ESS. But as soon as something came on Dscan, they'd unlink and log out because they didn't have a combat timer. And when you log out without a combat timer and log back in, you land outside the bubble. You don't land in the bubble. So you can effectively escape that way. Now with this combat timer, you can no longer do that, but it adds 15 minutes to the end of every ESS robbery before you can filament again. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you nailed it. That's uh, essentially why it uh, was implemented and exactly what it discourages now. Uh, suffice to say, people were unhappy with it, especially in the, especially the like the robbers, right? The the people who were tasked to defend this, uh, the ESS things, who are, I'd say, a little bit less uh, 
they were kind of happy with this, but everyone else was just like really pissed off. Yeah. It became this whole like, it's oh. interesting. It's definitely a discouragement to stealing smaller scale ESSs. Like if you're yeah, going right. to get, you know, if you're going to get locked in for longer than it takes you to burn out the bubble, then you're not going to rob a 30 or a 50 million ESS because it's not worth your time. Yeah. If you, fill a, if you filament into like a dead, dead zone, like you're not going to just rob an ESS to, burn the time down. Now you have to be like, well, I'm just going to sit in space for 15 minutes or just roam around, see if I could find something. Uh, that said, I know the team that implemented this is like uh, actively receiving feedback and their plan is to uh, iterate on it a little bit. Uh, so we'll see what form that takes in, in the next week or so, or maybe a little bit longer, but uh, they're still like exploring different options. Uh, so it's, it's definitely something that we're keenly aware of. Okay. Yeah, cool. I would. I'd say there's a very safe chance that this timer will not remain 15 minutes for long. Nice. That'd be good. Yeah, it wouldn't need to be 15 minutes to stop the, you know, not officially an exploit, but the poor behavior of being able to teleport out of the bubble by logging off and back on. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that because I was going to say I think I can't remember the last time I actually robbed an ESS to get the money. I think it's always been like a maybe we'll do this so that they'll come out and fight kind of thing. And I think it kind of discourages that, which I, I get isn't necessarily the reason that we have ESSs or what they're for, but it's nice to, I guess, kind of like punish someone for not coming out and fighting in some way, um, even if it's just annoying them because they get a notification in public. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll probably like throw some cold water on a lot of the, the people who are using the crab by like let, <laughs> letting people in on a, a bit of a, a, not a secret, but just something like, the crab, because the, the bounties uh, have been buffed so many times, the ESS spikes if one person is running it. Like, you'll easily get uh, a 200, 240 mil ESS with just one person running a single crab site. Uh, if you're in a system with, like, a fairly good DBS, which is where people generally try to run these sites anyways. Uh, so you can, like, just look at your uh, agency window and see when the the DBSs start to spike and be like, oh, shit, go over there and uh, make some good money. The mm, first time I, uh, I was, yeah, the first time I was running the site, uh, this guy in two Icky Terses came to local. I was like, uh, am I going to like lose my haw rev to this? And like, they, they didn't warp to my site at all. I was like, ah, what a dumb loser. And I realized <laughs> later that he robbed my ESS of like 190 mil. And I was so mad that I bookmarked the guy and I'm like agent locatoring him. Like a, a crazy person. <laughs> I am going to kill him and get my money back somehow. Uh, because like I hadn't really like forever, but like I wanted to, to like grind out these sites because there's like a, a chance for an officer spawn at the end who drops like crazy good loot. I had heard rumor that officer mods came from them, but I didn't know the exact mechanics of it. So sometimes there's a an officer spawn. It's super lucrative, but also that officer hit so incredibly hard that I won't be surprised if we see a fair number of cabs die who just were not expecting it to show up. Got it. So that, that will be really fun to see. I was going to say, we've kind of seen that in the past, too, when you get, like, NPC dread spawns. Someone's running sites in a carrier and doesn't expect a haw dread or a NPC dread to spawn, and then all of a sudden it deletes their carrier. Yep, I think this will be another situation very much like that. As someone who has accidentally been deleted by an NPC carrier <laughs> because I warped to a site and wasn't paying attention to what was in it, it's scary when that happens. Suddenly you have no capacitor and then your Orthrus explodes. You guys don't have like a, a shadow play for Eve, do you? That you could go back and like look when somebody got volleyed just to giggle at? Like, 
live or is it just logs and and back end stuff we we have dreams about getting a proper like okay, replay okay. system um the only the only real replay system that has existed that was a real thing was the one uh for the alliance tournament mm-hmm. but basically that was spitting out these like super dense log files to crest and then yeah. you would just have to like run that back and parse it um which that's not that. kind of the, the standard so it's it would be a little bit trickier for us mm-hmm. to actually compile replay systems for actual Eve. Okay, it would be super cool if you, if you had a a killmail ESI, you could open up a, like a a replay window and see like not even f- like full graphics, but just like a representative grid of what happened. Yeah, I just want to see this officer two shot a carrier. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's what I was imagining. <laughs> it's my dream. I just want to see that happen. We get to read the logs and picture it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just F five Z kill and uh, just just giggle myself, just trying to yeah, just like search for that NPC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I hear also there's a bug with the ESS timer where sometimes it sticks permanently at 15 minutes until you jump out of the system, but I assume that has been bug reported by a number of people. Yeah, that's a that's an actual bug. Uh, that's not like a change in behavior or anything like that. Yeah. If uh, and people were apparently like coming forward with this, saying, "Hey, this happens with other things too." Uh, so if it did happen to you, like, would definitely file a bug report. It's something that the team has seen, uh, and I don't know what. Like, I've been so uh, enraptured by the Alliance tournament that I have no idea, like, if they fixed it or not. Uh, so I can I can check that though and and see what the status of it is. But yeah, that's definitely a bug. That's not intended. Yeah. Yes, I I figured. Um... Speaking of things that were not intended, did you guys catch any of the the videos of triple drone gilas and worms? Yes, yes, we did. Because <laughs> that was pretty uh, pretty spicy for a minute there. That was yeah. pretty spicy. Uh, secret secret Hilo buffs who who wasn't looking for that. Right, just they need more. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, they're they, terrible. They really do. They're just Hilos are so weak. They, they I, really just need to be buffed a bit. I definitely know someone who killed a stabber and a worm. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was running through faction warfare sites, and there's this worm. I was like, eh, I could I could probably like defang it, and then there were three drones. I was like, son oh. of a bitch. Uh oh. <laughs> and they're mutated like this to for for people who are not aware. This is a bug where the mutated drones with the new drone mutaplasmids were ignoring um, bandwidth, sort of. Except you'd get error messages when you tried to launch a fourth saying you had like negative 10 bandwidth but anyway you could you could launch a third drone if you're using the mutated drones for a while there i believe that got patched today yeah yeah you can't do that anymore i wonder if everybody tried with the whiptail just hmm. oh <laughs> yeah yeah have to break one out of storage right oh no um speaking of those mutaplasmids though i thought it was really interesting that drones can be mutated in addition to the drone damage amplifiers, which is like, you know, kind of bringing them in line with the rest of the damage mod lows can all now be mutated. But the drones themselves being mutated is like, I don't know, like more like gun mutaplasmids almost. Yeah, it's uh, also pretty nifty that depending on which uh, like mutaplasmid you use, you get a, you definitely get a plus roll on one of the attributes, right? So if you do the durability one, your drone is always going to be beefier. Like you can get negative rolls, or bad rolls on like all the other uh, things, but you're guaranteed a plus roll on uh, like the one attribute, which I think is super super neat. That is cool. 
Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting thought. Um, uh, I know I people were be... uh, giving shit to the sentry drone one, or the velocity one that, uh, for sentry drones that increased the velocity of sentry drones, even though they're zero. They, they move. It's not actually zero. But it, it also it gives a 30% tracking, like a guaranteed plus zero to plus 30% tracking bonus, which is also massive. Oh, okay. So it, it does does do something for, for sentries. When I first Excellent. saw that come out, I totally thought it was one meters five minutes for each... Um, like stat that you were changing and I was really salty for like, you know, five minutes until I figured out what was actually going on. Yeah. I look forward to rolling some sentry drones for my meme EOS that uh, can apply wardens at 150 kilometers. I mean, I'm sure the, uh, like the hardcore Bizzle runners have already like figured this out, but I yoked out a, uh, like a Gila drone uh, to have like a 47 damage mod or something on it uh just uh-huh. on one drone it's amazing uh it was actually so amazing that ccp rise messaged me like uh what's what'd you do here like uh did i <laughs> screw up some math or something how did you make these numbers and i was like no 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 it's just the i just used the gila and like all dda's and all that so it's fine he was like okay okay all right yeah that's the, the extreme possibility yeah you did dda's yeah you can the dda's now too so yeah and those are Flagship legal is my understanding. The DDAs, not the drones. The DDAs are indeed flagship legal. You think we're going to see any of those? Uh, given the flagship traces, I don't think many bar guests are going to be fitting DDAs. No. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm probably not. somewhat doubtful and even will actually bother. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, prime, prime ratting fits. Mostly is what those That's are going to be. pretty scary for that, you know, the solo hunter going out there that gets volleyed by. Yeah, a that that Gila drone is going <laughs> to hit like a truck. Oh yeah, it will. Yeah. Can you do geckos? Just no, I you can't do know. geckos. Okay. That's unfortunate. That's probably for the best. Would have been fun. It would be <laughs> fun if it rolled one damage type up and like maybe up or down the rest of them. Since they do oh, omni damage, you yeah. know, so you could like specialize your gecko into thermal damage or whatever. Radders would like that quite a bit, yeah. actually. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm sure CCB Rise is going to listen to this and like take notes. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, is there any concern with having both DDAs rollable I, and drones rollable, much, that people just get like insane stats on drone boats that you can't really get with other ships, or is the there like a way that's kind of that balanced that that's not necessarily the case? I mean, you can always debank drones, where you can't can do that with other ships. Deal with that, or things introduced which help to balance it for that was yeah. like the best hint. I'm sorry, that's the most vague I could possibly. That's that's all good. I what I took away from that is that drone AI is about to get worse. Hey, listen, it's already buggy. Yeah, the most now vague, you're going to have to spam F like three times as fast. Like oh, just, no. it, They just stop shooting after every shot. It's, oh. I already do that <laughs> on Thunderdome because drones on Thunderdome are very special. Yeah, yeah. Thunderdome's nodes are uh, not as strong as tranquilities, I guess. They're, they're wonderful practice nodes, and we appreciate having them. Yep, correct answer. 
I believe Thunderdome is where the nodes go right before they uh, they die or before they get auctioned <laughs> off at a charity dinner or something. They're like, the, we've we've got to swap this out, but it's not totally broken yet. It's <laughs> it's very much like the retirement home for for server nodes, where they all just kind of get smacked into the machine. That's amazing. Uh, yep. Yeah. Once a year for a couple of months, they get exercised. Too accurate. Yep. All right. So. Room. A couple more things. Uh, finally, Marauders can be jammed. I should have thrown that in there because I know everyone loves Marauders and hates that I personally have nerfed them into the ground, is what I'm told. <laughs> but, uh, yes, according to certain people, yeah. Um, but yes, the, the jam situation, that was just the, the, the Bastion module was like hard setting their lock targets at 13, is my understanding, and that was conflicting with the way jams work. And now that has been modified in some way. That's pretty accurate. Yep. Cool. And then uh, I've been enjoying this Blood Raiders event that's happening. I don't know if any of the rest of you have taken any time off of um, AT practice and things to try any of this stuff, but I will do a lot of shooting little red rats for Cold Irons, or not Cold Iron, um, the Blood Raider skins. Yeah, they're super good this year. Yeah. So. I've been doing those, and they're pretty cool. And I really like the um, the range of boosters that I've been finding. I've found capacitor boosters. I've found newt r- amount, web range, armor resistances. Um, there's a bunch of different boosters in this one, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the uh, the resist boosters are like super. They're, they're amazing. They're just six percent flat, like uh, extra resist across the board. Yep. Yep. Uh, amazing. Like these things are so broken. They're they're super good. I love I love that we're encouraging people to do more drugs. <laughs> general principle for it's, EVE players. It is. It's for the best. You live in a you know little fluid pod in a ship in space. There's no reason not to inject all kinds of things into your full body IV. Oh no. And uh, I know this is probably like uh, not the target demographic, but this uh, this event also has like uh, harder hacking sites as well. Uh, and so, like, they're actually difficult to, to hack. Like, you have to be actually good, and you can still fail, even if you are a great hacker. But the cans are worth, like, between 50 and 160 mil in low-sec derelict. Oh. So, uh, like, you just go out there, make sure Wrecking Crew doesn't drop on you, uh, and just probe out these sites. If you find a, a rank 4 data site, go up there with a hacker and just, like, Try and see if you can crack it while also dodging the people who are trying to drop on you because, uh, yeah. And if you're looking for some solo to medium scale content, it's also a fantastic place right now because everybody's crammed into this tiny region. That's what I was actually going to say is a, a bunch of my alliance mates at Noir have been essentially just in this like nonstop EU time zone, like pacifier, Astero. Battle Heron Thunderdome in these hacking sites in Derelict. And they also give you like a, every once in a while you'll get like a, a little token that lets you skip a room in the, the combat uh, sites. So you can just like skip, you go straight from the first room to the last room uh, and just blitz and just get to the boss like even faster. Yeah, I actually, the combat sites occasionally will drop those as well, which has been nice. Uh, and also the, I feel like I'm like gushing about NPE stuff, but uh, or uh, PVE stuff. But the like the dark blood version of the site, which only exists in 
uh, NPC Delve and Losec Derelict has a chance to escalate to like this giga site uh, that's not on the overview. It's like a, a geez, I forgot an expedition basically. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to to get one of those. So I've just been very cool. Does it dark drop website. or give you this giga? Uh, I mean, it, I can't. I can't tell you. It's oh, uh, you got to go find out yourself. Fine. But it's a. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you can solo it with just like a, a Praxis or something, or even I think, a bag. Uh, I think you need one of our court members uh, two got pretty beefy boys to go in and, night, and take that site. But roaming, I think so internally like, it's referenced as a roaming. So I mean, take that as you will. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've been. It's been interesting to see them, and the you know clearly the AI behavior is is on the better end, and there's interesting range of eWar. I like that it's not just like there's the eWar ship that does all the eWar to you. There's different types of ships have different things and the different there's two different types of sites right the blood raider ones and the tetramon ones and they have different sets of ewar that they apply to you yeah as pve goes pretty good um the other new ish thing i wanted to bring up is this community beat post that's been going out and i don't know if you guys are directly involved with that um this is very much ccp swift thing CCP Swift's thing, awesome. And I just wanted to, you know, if there's anything you wanted to say about it, I th I feel like it's not getting as much visibility as it could. Though I think there's only like two or three of them now. Yeah, we're uh, they go out every other uh, Friday. And okay. You're right. I think we're on the third one now. The fourth one is coming out this week. But it's just like this uh, small little community newsletter type thing, where if you're not like entrenched in a corp or entrenched in like the Eve subculture, it just gives you like a little uh, springboard where you can find like cool shit that the community does. Um, it's not like ads or anything like that. It's just all all stuff that the community does. Uh, so we like feature people who do like Eve art, like the the guy who did like a, an apocalypse through Legos. He was on the one of the first ones, uh, and then like sites and meetups. Uh, just little battle reports for events that are happening, uh, NPSI rooms that might go out. Just, just a, like a way where you can like dip your toes in. And I laugh because every time we uh, put it out, it's like the only, like it's the single uh, CCP post that goes out that doesn't get like reposted to the Eve subreddit because that community just doesn't care, right? Like they've already found their people. Uh, so this is really aimed at the like the the smaller people out there who don't really know where to look. Maybe they're just starting out. Um, hopefully, we can we can capture their attention a little bit better uh, because I really just I, I can't like brag about the community enough. Uh, so I, I want more people like getting involved and doing cool shit. Like this podcast, it's it's very much a case of there's a lot of people who play Eve who don't really who don't necessarily interact with the broader community. You know, they play the game and they're part of the in-game community, but uh, the more that we can kind of hook them on additional resources, those people who, you know, they aren't on Reddit, they aren't necessarily in a Facebook group or whatever, where they're following other other content, it's really great to be able to give them hooks that can capture their attention, something that they're interested in, pull them in. And then that just makes them, you know, an, an even more invested Eve player. And right. Eve community is awesome. So it's really cool to pull people in. Yeah, for sure. I bet if you 
announced those when they're posted somewhere like a discord where all of the streamers and partners were gathered, you would get a lot of publicity about it. Is that a, a hint hint statement? So, so somewhat. Is it something we could add to our Discord too? Is like those bots that that ping? When no, there's not a subscribable channel in the partner Discord. I don't think. Um, I don't know if we could get up, see that, see it like a bot, see it posted. Um, I would post it in our Discord. Help if someone reminded me cool. when one was released. Is what I'm saying. <clears throat> At someone. We will we will be sure to post it in the partner Discord for you. Thanks. Uh, I'm too busy, uh, too busy giggling to respond. So yeah, great, cool. Well, uh, has anything else happened lately, update-wise, that I've missed that anyone uh, can think of? There was a pretty big fight. In, I mean, not not like um, like game news-wise, but there was a pretty big fight in Potchfin the other day. Uh, I think yesterday. Yes, there was. I have a courtmate who showed up for that. So our killboard bot was going bananas. Uh, NSH and Fraternity tried to smack one of the rote structures and did not end up the fight yesterday or whenever was the armor timer. They didn't reinforce it again, but they did kill a couple of faxes, which you cannot replace in Pochman. Once they're once they're gone, they're gone. So you know even more valuable. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, hard hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Yeah, I think even uh, one of the faxes was yep. purple. I believe the I price of Tempest Fleet issues has gone up again. Remember <laughs> seeing it being like, wow. I keep uh, <laughs> every time. Cut. But I guess if you only get one, I think like, you might as anything well related to the 90% the, loot drop, it just can. makes me sad that as much as you can I no longer have Thera bookmarks anymore. And I have to actually probe myself, even though they like do the work 80% for me. Where they like tell me the in sig and the out sig, yeah. Uh, but now I can't probe. I can't just right click warp to a Thera bookmark shortcut. I know, and that's that's a piece of news actually. We should talk about for a second. The Thera Eve Scout has cut everyone off from their bookmarks folder because some naughty people got access to record bookmarks in there and started deleting high sec hole bookmarks and creating new ones just in space. And naming them the same so that people would just warp into their bubble in, you know, the middle of Thera, 100 AU from anything. Which is pretty clever. I'm actually surprised. That's it very this smart, long. actually. Yeah, well, Eve Scout's pretty careful about who they give modify access to those bookmarks to for the for this reason. True. So very true. I think it. Uh, they at some point in the last year got access and were waiting for this loot drop event. They timed it well. Um, it's, I, I kind of I feel for Eve Scout in this situation because I know that like you you've got close relations with everyone there, especially the people that you've given the requisite roles to for that, and it's gonna kind of hurt. Um, you know that sting of sting of betrayal there. Have your yep. your trust your trust abused like that, but I'm sure they'll they'll kind of clean up and go back and. Yes, I think the the bookmark block is temporary, is my understanding, until they feel sure that uh, those people are no longer have access. Yep. All right. So someone asked me 
an interesting question or suggested an interesting topic, I guess I should say, the other day. Occasionally, I will just go into our Discord and be like, hey, what, what should we talk about? And if something catches my eye as an interesting subject, I write it down. And in this case, I'm going to give them a partner skin, but they don't know it yet. So, Ozera, if you listen to this and you message me, I'll give you a partner skin, but only if you listen to this and hear me say that. No pressure. Are you going to feel slightly sad if he doesn't message you now? I I am. Uh, because that means not only that he didn't listen to it, but also that no one who listens to it told him. Oh yeah, that would really sting. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, but his 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 you know question was, at what point in your your sort of progression through doing small gang, like at what point do you start to think about style as much as or you know in some relation to the performance of your ship and what does that like mean to you in terms of manual piloting or like you know demonstrating something exceptional and i wanted to kind of ask you all like what what do you notice like what do you if you see another player do something remarkable like what things catch your eye screening yeah it's a tricky one I was gonna say I'm like so I'm uh, I don't want to say old in terms of Eve, but like uh, some of my fondest memories were in a meta where battleships were like really really good, uh, and active really tank battleships question, yeah. were like kind of the king, and that was like the cool guy thing to do. So whenever I see someone that's like managing their reps really really well, like bait tanking, like gauging how much incoming damage there is just by looking on the field and being like, oh, I can bait tank this little wild to keep these guys shooting me. Um, I have like massive respect for that because I try to do that a lot and I will always like, I'll do one of two things. I'll either over rep to the point where people are like, ah, screw this. We can't kill this guy. And they'll just leave. Uh, except for like the, maybe the one guy I've tackled will die or I'll like completely screw it up and like under tank and just die real fast, <laughs> which, uh, I don't know which one's worse, uh, because it feels real bad to like finally get that, like. 1v7 like battleship fight and then have them all like just warp off because they think they can't kill you i think for me uh the thing that impresses me the most are the people who can kite outnumbered in the sub 20 kilometer range so if you're if you're kiting and avoiding damage against a large number of enemies and you're in warp disruptor range and you're like dancing around the scrams and stuff you know trying not to get hit or maybe you're afterburner fit and you don't care um, that's that's when I get impressed. Like that's super cool. Like anybody, almost anybody can hop in like Kaiji Jackdaws and just kind of pick off ships from from super far. But that's not an incredibly impressive display. Okay. When when they're in like succubuses or something, and they're they're strolling around right underneath a bunch of larger ships, and they're just kind of absolutely chewing through and a, a set of ships that yeah. per numbers should take them on. Like that's when that's that's when I get particularly impressed. I think uh, the one that I notice every time it happens is people who can like effectively skill, boost actually. in small game situations. Like, like people who can just scram every time. one person and you then boost just, another person off, and like split them two battleships and that kind of thing. You do it and live, like and anytime I see that in a video, I'm like, this person's that, amazing. They're skill. like great at the game. <laughs> yep, that that's about right. I think there's nothing more satisfying than the laser target double boost. 
when you're able to pull that off and like Ooh. land land right on the thing that yeah you're i brought out a magus not too long ago and i missed one boost yes. and then fed it there <laughs> so. a victim of that i was not satisfying just saying. no it's startling right you're just like <laughs> there's no way they're gonna oh shit can confirm yeah yeah i think that's really interesting i the thing that that will always, always get my attention because I fly a lot of interceptors and I have this very fast succubus that I like to pretend is an interceptor, but um, if if a tackle pilot has the the presence of mind and the, the manual piloting chops to point one thing and scram another thing and hold that, I love to see that. That's impressive. Because the, the range management, yeah, the range management and uh, just tracking yes. in front of that is yes. really tricky. Yeah, if someone's like got two things 20 kilometers apart tackled and is just like burning this tiny circle between them, like, all right, that's this guy's good at this. So. The other thing that I kind of like to see is like people, people who, uh, you know, I like take, people who take risks, you know, because that's what's for small gang is a lot of it is like we're we're there to fight 10 or 20 or 50 people with our four or five or 10 or whatever. We're not really looking for a fair fight. We're looking for a hard fight. But people who will take something like a little off meta and stretch it to the maximum that it, you know, that that it can be with the handicap of what it is starting as. I really enjoy that, too. My uh, like to that point, like my favorite, 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 like the person who inspired me to to go into small gang and solo was this pilot uh, named Knees Now, and uh, he used to just fly incredibly off meta shit just to get fights. And my favorite was the Lorpian, which is just a laser scorpion. What? Uh, and he has like an entire video series with the Lorpian. Please link. Uh, I don't remember yeah, which I one it is. It's uh. The series of videos is called, it's some uh, uh, weave name that I, I can't, I forget. It's like Getsu Foon or something like that. I'm, I'm sorry if I, if it's like an anime thing that I've just butchered. Um, but he had like a series of, of 10 videos where he would do just shit like that. And I'll try and find the YouTube so you can have it in like the description. That would be amazing. Because yeah. it is just, it, it was, it's just so much fun to watch him do stuff. And he's a, uh, like in the, in the meta, this was like kind of around where Garmin was also like the baddest dude, but Kniznet was like mm. just before. Uh, so he like pioneered the meta of trailing the logistic ships behind your solo ship. So he just fly like a, just a tanky battle cruiser, go out, get like six people to, to fight him, and then just <laughs> bring in an Oneros to, to rev himself up instead of while everyone was doing like the Falcon alt, he was doing the logistics alt and just like blew people's minds. <laughs> That's entertaining. That's cool. Specific to the AT, uh, since you know it's this weekend and we're going to keep talking about it, obviously, the thing that I really like to see, like I really appreciate when a medium to large ship, like a battle cruiser or even like a heavier cruiser or something, pushes the other team around with their positioning. I've I've been much more able to see, I think, in the recent tournament stuff and in the feeders because the camera work that um, it's Art J doing the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been doing such an exceptional job that I I almost never feel like I wish he were looking somewhere else or like I don't understand the geography that's happening in the arena at any given time, which is which is great. 
Yeah, we're we're actually hoping to. So the reason that the camera is so smooth is because uh, CCP Convict gave him a uh, 3D mouse to work with, um, and there's 3D mouse support in the client for anybody who wants to make uh, cool videos. It works really well. Um, so he's using that to kind of manipulate the arena. We're going to we're we're doing some testing to try and lift that up even yet another step. Um, we're going to have a team of effectively three people with 3D mice all kind of with slightly different tasks. That's cool. So we can have, you know, it RJ RJ will be the the overall director of this and he'll have his own 3D mouse and the ability to manipulate things. But we'll have somebody who's tasked with like very much keeping the the shape of the fight as visible as possible on the camera at all times with all ships visible. We'll have someone who's kind of in there doing action shots uh for when they're appropriate and that sort of thing. Um, and then, like, somebody who's listening to uh, the commentators. So, like, when you hear, like, ah, like, you can see this thing just dove in and got scrammed. Like, hopefully we can get a, a very clear picture of, like, that specific situation. So, um, and and ideally do this without it becoming disorienting. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. A good camera caller is uh, extremely important in any kind of production like this. Yes. I I think we'll be able to pull it off. I think it'll it'll look really good this weekend. I do hope. Well, can't wait to see that. Um, my note for the start of this AT section is the AT is this weekend. How cool is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is how I feel about it. Like you know, I feel unprepared. I feel like you know, half of my brain is like, no, I still need to get this implant and some extra of this drone and you know, like shopping listing. But this is the most involved in the AT I've ever been, and it's super cool. Are there any specific matches the CCP folks here are are looking forward to day one? I just want to see every match. I, I just want to watch every single thing. I want to just see what the meta turns out to be. I want to see uh, the setups people use. I want to see how fast things explode. I just want to see it all. I, like uh, It's my favorite time of year because it's like the most Eve Eve thing you can do um there's like it just it's just taking the eve dial and turning it to like 13 uh it's absolutely nuts being able to watch the meta evolve being able to see the strategy that these teams employ um because i was involved on a team before i know exactly how much work these people put in and how much like uh 8d chess people are doing by taking setups when they take and the strategy behind it and i'm just constantly floored uh, by the piloting skill and just decision making that these people have. Yeah, I'm super excited too. Although this is, it, it's a weird look at this for me because this is my first time on the other side of the fence. And not only am I on the CCP side of the fence, but like me and Swift are like the the ones who kind of made this happen. And so we have this extra layer too of like the strong concern over the meta, not necessarily what what teams will win. But, like, what gets brought to the field, like, of that point selection is the way that I pictured, you know, as, right. as we designed the points, is the way that we pictured this playing out, like, appropriately. Is there is there enough variety that it keeps it interesting and it keeps it challenging for the teams? And there's, like, these surprise compositions that are still emergent and all of that sort of thing. Um, which is a whole a whole new layer that I think is almost distracting from the individual matches. There's absolutely some individual matches that like I'm really looking forward to. Um, 
there are some very spicy matches on day one because this is a totally random uh, setup. So it'll be super interesting to kind of see how things fall out. Yeah, I was actually kind of curious about that since you guys were involved in the points like assignment initially. You know, has has what you've seen so far in the opens, in the feeder rounds, and all that, like, has it been like what you were expecting? Has have there been like big surprises that people have come up with already? There are some surprises, although I think a lot of the thing about the opens is most teams are not going to show you their their surprise comps. So right, right. you're getting this super superficial, like, this is what we think everyone thinks the meta is, look at the meta, which is yeah. <laughs> an interesting way yeah. of looking at it out of the opens. Um, Have you guys done any TD spying to check out what teams are doing? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, teams don't necessarily oh, yeah, even know we're in system if we want to if we want Oh, to that's cool. Yeah, of course. Um, we, can, we can be full, full stealth mode. Um, well, if you want to help me out, just tell me anything cool. No, you know? no, just no. Say. We are. We are. No collusion. <laughs> oh, CCP collusion. The, the highest order of collusion. Not going to happen, however. Um, there, I have seen some very interesting things, but because I've seen some very interesting things, I can't really talk about those interesting things. And you'll just yes. have to see them. Yes, of course. Um, no, no spoilers. No, uh, no secrets. Did you guys, when you were making the point, sit back and like make a couple of comps to just kind of theorycraft what you guys think would be good and choose points from there. Oh yeah, that that spreadsheet okay. that I handed out that was like the the comp mm-hmm. creator. I had made that while we were still designing the point system and we basically like for a week we were just each kind of putting putting comps into that thing seeing like oh no this is way too strong like can we adjust the points on this? You know, <laughs> sliding yeah. things up and down as we tried to design like what what felt good and what felt dynamic. Um and I think we hit on a pretty good spot thus far. I've been pretty happy with what we're seeing. I think the meta, the way that the meta evolves might surprise some people. But of course, even at this point, like that's good. That's great. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's it'll be interesting to see what people bring, you know, when it is quote unquote for serious, um, especially into the, you know, the losers bracket matches and stuff where if you lose, you're out. Like this first round, the whole first column of the bracket is a feeder round match that will send someone to the losers brackets and someone to the winners brackets and all that. So it'll be interesting to see who who you know breaks out their flagships right off the bat versus not. But the other half get uniques. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. A that few. makes it like so much better and so much worse at the same yeah. time. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. right. half of pressure the is much higher, but also out. much lower so. somehow because it's easier to get them. But also for teams That's like, true. you know, the network does not have a lot of um, tournament history. And I don't, I, I, it would be a surprise to me if people were betting on us to reach the finals. So uh, I will say I think in Alliance you know. Women Five, uh, Alec uh, and his team did bring out a uh, like what was essentially like a tinker setup, 
where they had remote reps uh, and remote cap transfer to just feed a uh, just a beefy tank thing. It wasn't a T3 because those ships didn't exist at the time, but uh, I don't know. I, I think they uh, there's definitely some time where you guys can can pull a yeah. No, no. I I I think that our team is going to do better than people expect, certainly. But um, and I think that's the position you want to be in, right? Like you don't yes. want to enter the thing with the like, yo, we're number one, waltz in, get everyone's best look. You want to get like, ah, oh, these guys, they're they're middling. I could just put like my B tier team out there and then just get suddenly surprised. Like every time I had to play um, <laughs> Agony, uh, like the Agony team, I was always <laughs> like just gut wrenched because uh, they were deceptively like really strong uh, and they just seemed to be like a tier lower than the most powerful teams, but you couldn't disrespect them. Like you absolutely had to bring a great right. setup. You, Otherwise, you, you're them, get but you had to, you had to fully a team it. Yeah. Yeah. You had to show that them was something for yeah. us. Oh, man. I, I don't want to talk about, man, that they always team. had off meta crap that just smashed us. Yeah. I got, uh, I got obliterated uh. by that team. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, let's not talk Dude, about it. I don't know. I think the competition level as a whole has gotten so much freaking higher than it ever used to be when I started. And I'm much later than Swift. I started at 18, 9 or 10. I've forgotten. And it just, it felt like I was always on a top team. I got kind of lucky, but you know, I'm only really looking out for three or four teams. And other than that, you just bring, you know, a B tier and just kind of smash right. your way through. But now that's, that's not a thing at all. Yeah. There's a the lot of, of information for everybody. Who- who will trip you up if you're not paying attention, even if you can yeah. feel sure about beating them if you do pay attention. No, and I think that's only good for, for the game we play. I hate it as being a, a quote top team because now, you know, not such an easy route, but for the game, that's, that's freaking awesome. We're going to see some good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you, I mean, you know, your team is definitely one of the ones where people bring their A game every time because you guys are very good. Yeah. Speaking of you know, this new prize structure. Now there are going to be, uh, what is it, 140 of each ship? Right. 141. Yes. And they're, now, you know, now they're distributed. Obviously, the, the bulk of them is very heavily weighted yeah. towards the, the top four and the top one, especially. 141 I was talking to someone um, from the yes. Deepwater team the other day who, you know, I'm just friends with, just about that announcement and how, you know, it suddenly feels for, for teams that are not, you know, perennial top four, like suddenly you're like, oh, if we just nail this one or two times, maybe we'll get some of these ships and that feels really good like it's really exciting yeah that's that's wonderful to hear that's what i was going for um, it's it also jacks up the pressure though because there more than half of teams that won't make it that far. Uh, and that makes it really much that more stressful and probably that much more painful for those teams that will fall out. Uh, but there was, it always felt like there was kind of this void in the middle where the matches were just super strong and there were these teams that were giving it their all, even though they knew their chances of getting to top four just kind of weren't there. 
So I really, I'm really happy with this and being able to kind of give them something to fight for, even in the middle of the bracket. Um, yeah, I think it definitely makes the the whole bracket feel more relevant because you're not just watching. Yeah, the I'm top, just super excited for you know the, because, the eight teams uh, that are going to be Casper fighting for the great, top like, four spots. The you know, the teams that actually put it, like, in the middle of the ranking, like the teams like that are going to finish twenty higher. You can pick any one of them. Throw them back in time to Alliance Hornet like five, six, seven, eight, and they just dominate. Like that's how good uh, and how strong these teams are. Like these teams know what the format is. They know what the game is. They know how to uh, practice. They know how to theory craft. Like it, it's insane how talented these people have become uh, and how much parity there is between like the the competition. Like there's no like uh, just looking at the bracket. There's no like easy pushover. 100 to nothing like i know this is going to work for sure uh like match yeah i was doing one of the prediction brackets uh day before yesterday and just thinking as i was going through it like this is a rough like these guys are going to have a rough time and then like you know looking at templis and hydra and vidra and the you know the sort of well-known very good teams and none of them has a cakewalk because there is not a cakewalk to be had which i think is awesome yeah. Cast that that sounds like it you're thinking you have a couple cakes. No, 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 no. There's there's no cakes. No, I mean there are some matches, obviously, that will be pretty easy, but there's no like full chain through any one of the brackets that's like every team in here is kinda meh. They're all like you know, there's a there's a uh, lot of teams and some of them are not great. There's enough good teams that you know, I think I ended up with Hydra and Vydra going up against each other twice or something. Yeah, I think that's our our third match, assuming wins, is, yeah. is Vydra. Yeah, I, I believe that's true. If they win and you win. Uh, yeah. And and that means that one of those teams will go to the loser's bracket, which is... Just more skins, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a very positive spin to put on it. I mean, the the thing about the the shape of this bracket is that each win in the winner's bracket means that you're kind of skipping at least one match in the loser's bracket. And so yeah. it's dropping is pretty rough. And yeah, finals finals weekend in loser's bracket. I've done it twice now. You know, once I forgot when we lost, but the first last time we did it, we lost match one. I'll tell you what, I've never actually had like physical tiredness after a weekend of just computer nerding. Losers bracket finals weekend. It, I forgot how many matches we did. It was something crazy, like twelve matches, and that was absolute hell. So if you can stay in uppers, that's just more than I can say. It's good. Yeah, I was I was really looking at the the prize distribution, and part of me was kind of thinking going into this this year is like, can I can I get the prize? Can I get the the brackets in such a point that it really looks like the there's no point at which you'd want to drop because it would just be too much more pain. And I kind of came to the conclusion that, no, I really don't need to do anything more uh, to make that Yeah, no, to make no that one's going to want that. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody will really want that. I mean, there, there might be like super small educations where you're pretty sure like we can win these three extra matches, but uh, I don't think that's really yeah. going to be the case. I will, uh, I was going to say, I will offer a piece of advice. If you, uh, if you're on a team that's competing and you're like, oh, we might have a an easier run if we're going to the lower bracket. Don't don't like, do it. Don't do it. Not Hell only no. uh, will we get, will that get you in trouble, but um, like it's a it's a horrible decision. Like 
take the easier road, like take the shorter road, uh, just <laughs> have that assurance that you're going to be in like in the top bracket for a little bit longer. And bear in mind that each win in the winner's bracket will get you much more prizes than a win in the loser's bracket, uh, just in terms of your, your final placing. So it's the longer you can stay in that winner's bracket, the more matches you can win up there, the better off you will be. Yeah. I, I have a question on the, like the format of the two weekends versus three weekends. Obviously, it's three weekend, or two weekends rather this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything specific that brought about that or just like real life constraints? Or do you flat out like it better? Uh, a lot of this is real life constraints. So okay. when we looked back to the Alliance tournaments of the past, one of, one of the, the reasons that it was kind of difficult to continue back right before it was put on hiatus was effectively the human aspect. The number of people who are mm-hmm. skilled enough to run an alliance tournament is in fairly small order um, in terms of like the technical ability and understanding the rules and the meta and the ability to commentate it and all of that sort of thing. Um, and running three weekends effectively meant, you know, you're, you're having to give up like the better part of a whole month um, mm-hmm. in order to make it happen. And it's just a ton of work. Uh, we also wanted to bring Eventy up to Iceland so that we could use our studio up here and we could more easily get CCP on set and all of that sort of thing. But that yeah, meant yeah. that we have to house them. <laughs> and hotels are pretty expensive. So a yeah, lot of our a budget... A week of housing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of our budget goes to that. and You're either carrying them through or flying them back and forth or... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's also a big ask to get someone to be like, hey, can you take 20 days of vacation to do this casting uh, for the Alliance tournament? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most of them have jobs. Yeah, we're all getting older now, right? We're not like you know high school, college students that can just peace out. Yeah, they have jobs and kids and all that sort of thing. So we can't just steal people for two weeks of their life. Uh, a bit more difficult. So that's these are kind of all of the factors that lead to the, the two-week decision. But I also kind of just like the fact that the event is a bit more concise. Um, so it it kind of puts things together, turns up the heat a little bit. And for viewers, like it's just, it's just these, these two weekends and then, and then it's mm-hmm. over. Um, we had for Alliance tournaments in the past, you would kind of see like a, a viewership curve where it would decline after the first weekend and then it would uptick for the finals. And so I think by compacting that, we can kind of prevent that slip off as well. That makes sense. So I was actually thinking about this this afternoon. Does anyone this first weekend going to end up playing more than once a day? Uh, I think there are a couple unlucky people who are in. Mm, let me let me look at the schedule. Okay. Not if you lose twice. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose twice in the same day. Oof. Um, if I can find the schedule. Yeah, I think it's pretty unlikely. There's only a very maybe a couple of teams will have to do it which i thought was interesting um just because there's so many teams this first weekend that the matches will spread them out naturally so the answer is yes the winners of matches one through eight will all have to play twice on the first day yeah those are those are the ones that came in via the feeders as well yeah nice oof I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, the feeder path has been rough this year. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, we, uh, when designing the tournament, it was a little bit smaller, right? It was initially like conceptually a 32-team tournament instead of a 40-team tournament. 
But when Aurora looked at the uh, the feeders and how many people actually signed up, because I think 80 teams had signed up total. That's so big, yeah. by the way. Which I think if you suggest that this prize structure will happen again next year, you're going to get even more signups. I think we can strongly suggest this will probably happen again next year. Yeah. We're going to watch how the prices of the ships develop and stuff on TQ. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, we're... Not locked in stone, but if it works, it works. Yeah, that's that's very much the thought. In in previous years, you know, the top two could kind of quote cartel it together to, to you know one through four teams and be like, hey, this is where we're setting prices. But now that a we don't get uh, as big as a percentage of the total and it splits always, I don't think that'll happen. So it'll actually just be free market, and I do think the prices will be lower and more accessible. That that was kind of one of the goals for this, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think another goal that uh, Aurora and uh, really had as well and, and me me too is we just want to see these ships in space uh these things are broken they're fun they really show off how great yeah. a pilot what? is stats question mark spoilers stats. just, just say yeah. do you have them yet yeah you sure yeah oh. yeah hold on let me see if i can find them um, oh no. i would love I, to know for example leaks on live how tv long, not even tv how much of a hick Point range bonus. This, These uh, ships are broken. is gonna okay. get because I just want to know a line time of the frig. That's all I care about. I think it's uh, not sub two seconds, but I mean, sure. Do we want to explain to people what the the general idea behind the two oh. are <laughs> before we, could, we gush you know, about them? Cartel to our viewers. Yeah. Uh, so. so the, yeah, yeah. You can you can go. Uh, well, you can probably explain it much better than I can, so I'll, I'll leave it to the pros. Uh, so the Raiju, so it's, the whole uh, tournament is Mordu's Legion themed, right? Uh, so they're the ones sponsoring the tournament. They're the ones that are letting mercenaries take place, which I think is cool. Uh, that was a happy accident, by the way. Um, so obviously they're going to have their, their ships in there. And uh, the frigate and the uh, cruiser are the Garmar and Orthrus uh, for the for the Mordu's Legion. Uh, both ships, uh, pretty high skill cap, uh, really fast uh, missile users. Uh, the Raiju, which is the, the Garmer, uh, just merges together a Garmer and a Carries, which, you know, when you say it Hell out loud, yes. that's like the best <laughs> and worst combination. Uh, like those two ships are like annoying by themselves. And now we're just shoving them into one giant annoying ship. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Uh, it's just going to yeah. have a damp. Uh, like, so they already have the uh, scrim and uh, disruptor range bonus. Then we're just going to add a damp bonus to it because why not? Why, why not make this thing that much more painful? Just really terrible. ship built for me. I was so stoked when I saw that. I went out and did a lap around the house, just a little bit giddy, like a you know four-year-old. Wee! I was stoked. Yeah, I've been trying to make Hicks work for small gang for so long that the idea of an Orthrus with a Hick point on it is like, I yeah, I, I want it. Yeah, that's uh, that's I'm, I'm very excited that's, about that one. Yeah, that is definitely like Aurora's like uh, like just uh, energy shoved into a ship uh, is the laylapse. So like <laughs> she can uh, like describe what it is. Uh, the the laylapse. So my original pitch uh, to CCP Rise is effectively like a a hick, but it goes fast and has a lot of missiles. So it's very <laughs> much an Orthrus plus a hick, um, kind of an Orthrus with a hick point. Like, uh, I I am looking around. I do have stats here, but I don't think they're final. 
Um, so I think okay. these might just be placeholder stats. So I'm not sure I should really give you. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. I don't want placeholder stats. I only want real stats. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're broken. Let's just say like they're going to be really good. <laughs> yes. The laylapse is going to be super broken, but also cap itself out in four minutes. I, I very much like, like the idea no. of a self-tackling AT ship. That was that was 100% my, my thought behind the lay laps, was I really just wanted to tackle itself to the field with a timer uh, because it's yep. running the Hickscram, Hick and I will be incredibly happy with that design. Excellent. Um, speaking of you, we'll put a link in the show notes to your the post you've already made about these ships um, with the visuals in it because they look great. I am perpetually going around saying that Eve's art department is the most successful department that works in this game, but... I don't think we'd really argue with you. You know, they make the game pretty, and these, these ships in particular, with the gold and white and the, the subtle detail, like the shape changes from the Garmer and Arthurus, I really, really like. Yeah. Yeah, Assuming really there's going to be victory skins, I think they're going to be gorgeous, like it's going to be amazing. I think those things are going to be worth a lot of money. Too. Yep. I'm, I'm looking forward. I don't have pictures just yet of the victory skins, but I will share those probably over one of the two AT weekends uh, to let you guys know what they look like. Excellent. And all the prizes we expect to come out end of the year? Uh, prizes are due to be authored into the game around mid-December. So gotcha. Very cool. Uh, probably, like, definitely by New Year's. I think you should have your your prizes in luck. Just saying, December's next month. Not to scare anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost twenty twenty two. I was uh, oh I was looking at the like when the the prizes were like kind of like the mini roadmap as to when they're going to be like in the game, mm. and I was like, this is four months sooner than I've ever seen them. <laughs> right. So, I know there's like a, a giga first world problem to have. Uh, is like I've oh. got to wait. No, no, for this my, is a real problem. My AT ships. Yeah, but it's you know it's nice to have them together so that people can like feel like they won and got their prize and it's all. Yeah, as as much as I can, I'll try and and push push the prizes forward so that we have them, ideally before the tournament, so that as soon as it's over, we can just be like, here's your stuff, or even in the middle, like, oh, you won your match, here's your skins. Use them in the next <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Go for next year, I suppose. We'll live, uh, live prize redemption, and then make uh, make the ships legal to use. So if you you won your way into f like a lower tier prize ship, you can use it for the finals. No, force your way <laughs> to use them in the finals. Oh, you can only keep it. them if you use them. Uh, yeah, oh, fancy. Yeah, that would be pretty adventurous. So related to the AT weekend. You, there's Abyssal Arenas intentionally happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do we think, like, do you think people are going to be hyped and just do a ton of them? That is, that is kind of the hope. Like, we're we're hoping that the the tournament excites people about PvP, and then we can kind of give them their own mini AT. Uh, CCP Fozzie's been really excited about these special events on the weekends that he's set up just to kind of celebrate the AT weekend. So we're hoping that people go do a bunch yeah that's great i think i hope i hope that a lot of people will see the at think it looks cool decide they want to try more pvp and then you know the arenas are very accessible just jump into that give it a shot and then when i'm not flying in the at i can kill them and get abyssal arena skins i was gonna say yeah like we're even hoping 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say like one of the the silver linings is like during the AT weekend, all the like I don't want to say like the the best, but like the like the top twenty or something or something. Uh, they're all going to be preparing for the tournament, so they're not going to be uh, partaking. So if you're mm. like, oh, I want to get, I want to get my name on the board, like, uh, no, I think it's a great I time to do it. Warm up Abyssal Arena is going to be is going to be a thing. Yeah, and then you get potted like, and you do plus threes, the, like uh, the, <laughs> the like half an hour before a given match is going to be like the worst accidentally to be in the flagship in arena. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't even say that. I don't think any of them except battleships would wait. Yeah. Not, it would be safe. Yes. yes. That would be tragic funny. That would be hilarious, I know. All right. Well, that's very cool. I guess I haven't looked or it hasn't been announced yet what the events are for next weekend, for the second weekend of the AT, but I know the 2v2 cruisers this weekend is among the people who like to talk about the Abyssal Arenas, uh, in our Discord at least, is one of the favorite formats. People seem to like that one a lot. Yeah, I think I think the most popular one we've had lately, uh, in, or in recent history, was the 1v1 Battleship. That was that was hugely popular. So I think that interesting. Uh, well, people people really love love to fly battleships. Like battleships are just super iconic. There's a lot of people whose favorite ships are battleships. And so yeah. to be able to fly one PvP with it in a one-on-one, which you don't usually get, and get paid back some money for it if you lose it, was just too good for people to pass up. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have as many opportunities to actually use battleships on TQ, so it kind of makes sense to be popular, because how many times do you go out on a battleship and just get blobbed and never get to actually put it to good use? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely like appeals to like the the generation that started playing Eve when battleship roaming was like the the meta, and like you could actually go out. So it, like it just feels so much fun to fly like the ships, and uh, it might be like an unpopular opinion, but I think battleships are like way more forgiving than like frigates, destroyers, and cruisers because like you could just boomer hands your rep a little bit, and you'll be like, oh, okay, well, I'm now down to 40% armor, and I'll just rep that back up. Uh, it's okay. Meanwhile, you try and do that in a frigate, and you just, like, get out of position a little bit. You, there's no play. There's no coming back. Yeah, you're just dead. Nope. That's, that's it. I've never heard boomer hands before. I love it. This from now on. Holy <laughs> crap. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of us are millennials, but okay. Yeah. You can yeah, still yeah. have boomer hands if you're a millennial. That's fair. That's fair. You can. Well, that'll be cool. And you said the other one is the 1v1 uh, T3 Destroyers, right? This that weekend? sounds correct. I believe. I yeah, I don't have a reference in front of me to, to double check it. Yeah. Someone, uh, Kellen Darklight was talking about that in the Discord this afternoon, which I usually pay attention to because if I just do the things he tells me to do, then I win those arenas more than if I don't. So I will have to stalk this Discord a little bit as well then. Kellen's real smart. Anything you need to know, he's he's a brainiac. He's good. He's he's both smart and nice and like a polite, responsible adult, which I appreciate very much. Are you saying some people in the Discord are uh, not polite and responsible? Uh, it happens from time to time. I think he's he's like one of the most mannered, like uh, vicious PvP pilots ever. Like he's skilled enough to earn right. a gold magnate, and then nice enough to donate it for charity. Like, uh, yep, he's. I think that's only happened once. Coolest dude ever, actually. Well, speaking of people we like, um, 
Andy, do you have a shout out for this episode as we wrap up here? Oh man. Um, I mean, I think my shout out has to go to the other people on our AT team. Like they've made practicing actually like fun and rewarding and engaging. And like, we've improved a lot since we first started. So like, I really appreciate those people being around, you know, every week for months now. Um, so yeah, I think they definitely deserve a shout out. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Casper? Um, I'm going to shout out my corp in general. I think we have seven teams involved to the uh, like the Goran Clade corp. So, man, I just hope everybody does well. And it's going to be real hard seeing blue people on the grid and, and having to shoot them. But it's also been really weird, you know, responding to a ping, you know, hey, we're going to go kill some nerds. And then nobody talks. It's like dead silence because nobody wants to give away anything in normal corp comms where you're just like chewing the gut or whatever. But everybody's like super quiet super pensive so just shout out to my corp nobody's leaked anything everyone's been really cool and hasn't even tried to bug any any leaks out of anybody so that's been cool well that's great it's nice that you guys can like manage that being friends and flying together and also keeping it clean how about you aurora do you have a shout out uh yeah i i'd love to shout out general stargazer of the eventy group he's been an Yes. He's been an absolute hero, uh, giving up a lot of his free time in order to run practices for teams uh, with the tournament tool. We've restricted it this year so that teams can't spy on each other as easily. Um, so he's been uh, giving up a lot of his time in order to uh, run teams through the tools so that they can get some some real practice for the Alliance tournament that's coming up. He's been in the background busy making spreadsheets and documentation and organizational stuff for all of the referees. Um, and a lot of the success of this Alliance tournament will be thanks to his hard work. So shout out to General. Indeed. Takes nice pictures too. Swift, do you have a shout out? Uh, I was also going to go with General Stargazer, but I'll just like throw a wider net. I'll just go with like the entire uh, group that is organizing the Alliance tournament uh, from CCB Aurora on down. Like there's a lot of uh, work that goes into organizing that you probably won't see because if all goes well, it's just going to seem seamless. Uh, but there are people giving up their nights and weekends because they want to uh, like get better at the referee tool or be a little bit more confident with it. Uh, by the way, <laughs> General Stargazer was teaching uh, like a little class on how the ref tool, or the like the tournament tools work to a bunch of people, just so they, even though they've done it before, they want to be like on their best foot forward going into the weekend. Uh, just everyone that's put in like just tons of work to, to get this off the ground and, and to, to get it in a place where we get to sit back and watch people compete. Uh, like it's, it's, it's just dope. I, I can't wait. So uh, really thanks to everyone that, that put this together. Um, you'll see a lot of them like in front of the screen, but there's going to be like even more people behind the scenes that uh, you might not know. I was, I was actually talking to some of the talent that are coming over um, and I was like, "Hey, what are you what are you loading on your your thing to to watch on the flight? Like, you're watching like Dune or like some other movie?" They're like, "No, I'm just loading previous AT matches in so I can uh, you know make sure I'm like good to go." So like everyone from the top down is just absolutely going <laughs> so nuts cool. in terms of like preparation, and they're just they're so excited. Like they, there's like tangible excitement in the air, and I just cannot wait for uh, for this weekend to come. That's awesome. I work in event production in real life and i have to say like people people going those little extra steps to make sure that they're part of it whatever part that is is not in the way of anyone else and is polished is what makes it work really well so 
that's really good to hear. And I look forward to seeing some, you know, some cool explosions and some dramatic upsets and some uh, AT ships getting handed out to people who never thought they were going to get them before this AT. And uh, I think it's going to be a good time for everyone. Von Hull smiling. Von Hull is... (laughs) Like just sitting somewhere with a big old grin on his face, I'm sure. In my wormhole. Yeah, probably in your wormhole. In a in a dark room, just kind of staring at that little video yeah. that I do, like on repeat. <laughs> with a cat in his lap, like stroking it. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. Well, I think that is about it for this episode. So until next time, remember it's not the size of your gang. It's how you lose it. Ooh, that was pretty good. You know it's true though. It's it is so true, true because you're gonna lose it eventually. That's that's a fact. Hundred percent. <laughs>